You're listening to Ithaca Now, WICB's weekly news podcast focused on stories in the Ithaca community. I'm your host, Noah Ron Ressler, and thanks for joining us. On tonight's episode, we'll hear from students at Ithaca College about their thoughts on reopening amidst continued concerns about the Omicron variant of COVID-19. And we'll hear from Lana Kennedy-Broll, an ex-Cornellian who has made a return to the school in her 30s. But first, here's Beck Legato and Himadra Sith with this week's Community Beat. After six months of construction, the South Cayuga Street Bridge has now reopened to traffic. According to the City of Ithaca, the bridge has reached quote-unquote substantial completion and has allowed traffic to go through since 2 p.m. on Friday. The press release regarding the bridge also indicated that crews will be returning to the area in spring to complete beautification and landscaping work, but no future closures are currently anticipated. The Tompkins County Health Department plans to cease reporting active case numbers every day, though it will continue to track positive case numbers. This change plans to take place on January 31st. Active cases will still be available, just not nearly as regularly. The spreadsheet will likely be updated weekly, although if another variant or any other factors cause a significant shift in the pandemic, then the health department will reevaluate. This decision seems to be influenced by some of the errors that have come from the contact tracing process and the unreliability of self-reporting system, especially since the home tests have made a fairly large part of tracking positive cases. In celebration of Darwin Days, an annual remembrance of Charles Darwin's birthday and ideas, the Paleontological Research Institution and its Museum of Earth in Ithaca will hold a series of events from February 6th to 12th. The PRI is collaborating with Cornell University's Department of Entomology this year to conduct both virtual and in-person events looking at the world of insects. Among other events, the lineup will include an Insect Encounters event at the Museum of the Earth, where guests will be able to get close to hissing cockroaches and a film screening of Microcosmos at Cinemapolis. The Tompkins County Health Department has also announced its distribution of the 4,600 self-test kits as provided by New York State. The Health Department plans for these tests to be prioritized for people who don't have easy access to store-bought kits. Several organizations will be receiving these kits, including the Town of Danby, Tompkins County Public Library, Food Pantry supported by the Food Bank of the Southern Tier, among many others. These organizations will likely announce distribution plans in these next coming days. For those with easy access to store-bought tests, they are readily available now rather than in previous weeks at local stores with no prescription needed. Two of Ithaca College's most well-known programs will come together starting July 1, 2022 in the form of the newly established School of Music, Theatre and Dance. The new school will include a division of music and a division of theatre and dance, which will be represented by what are currently the School of Music and the Department of Theatre Arts within the School of Humanities and Sciences. In a statement released by Interim President Ledger and Terry Cornish and Interim Provost and Vice President for Academic Affairs Melanie Stein, Stein said, In bringing these programs together, we highlight and celebrate the performing arts at Ithaca College. 
At Ithaca High School, Hallie Snowman, a science teacher, plans to increase ventilation in classrooms to reduce the chance of COVID-19 spread. The district's Board of Education included these expenses in the reopening preparations, allotting $300,000 to build and repair either deficient or outdated HVAC and filtration systems. Even with all of this in place, Snowman felt that another layer of protection was necessary and set out to continue to improve the working and learning environments at the high school. Snowman then decided to create Corsi Rosenthal boxes, also known as CR boxes, which are designed to provide a cheap way for people to improve the air quality in whatever space they are in. For Hamadri Safe, I'm Beth Legato. Ithaca College, Cornell University, and Tompkins Cortland Community College have all made a staggered and watchful return to in-person classes this semester. This is following the spike in cases spearheaded by the Omicron variant of COVID-19 at the end of last year. With in-person classes at Ithaca College finally set to begin tomorrow after a week of remote learning during move-in week, correspondents Jay Bradley and Emma Kirsting talked to some Ithaca College students about their thoughts on reopening. Higher education in Ithaca is welcoming back their students once again, but still cautiously. Cornell University, Ithaca College, and Tompkins Cortland Community College are beginning instruction again, but following the fall's spike in cases, there are extra precautions as concern about the Omicron variant still runs throughout New York State. By December 19th, as students were leaving the schools to go home for the holidays, there was a peak of over 2,500 active cases in the county. And since then, the recorded deaths from COVID-19 of county residents have increased from 46 to 53. At the time, Cornell had to move its COVID risk level into a severe red designation, and Ithaca College, which also uses a similar color-based system, moving from green to red as concern increases, was placed at orange. However, the Tompkins Health Department data stated that now, after move-in, active cases in the county are at 342, significantly lower than in mid-December. A statement from Tompkins County Administration condones Ithaca College and Cornell University's efforts, saying that local colleges have been diligent in preparing move-in strategies that identify positive cases and stop the spread of COVID-19. We continue to work directly with administrators on guidance and have not seen cases increase significantly as a result of move-in activities. COVID is still a concern, however, as hospitalizations have remained in the teens and low 20s since students have left and began returning. But as those students have come back, the schools have altered their move-in policies to prevent any spike like they saw in the fall. Both Cornell and Ithaca College required students to test for COVID-19 before they arrived and again perform a rapid test when they got to campus, with residential students being assigned move-in windows over an extended period of time compared to past semesters. Both of the schools also started instruction online, Cornell for two weeks and Ithaca for one. Tompkins Cortland Community College is also requiring students to participate in a return-to-campus COVID testing program during their first week of in-person classes. We spoke to different students at Ithaca College to get thoughts on moving in and starting online and how that process has gone. It does just feel kind of weird, like, that we are just like getting out of this huge spike and things are so so different than they were last year at this exact time and like granted there's been a lot of scientific development so it's good that we're able to move forward it just is like oh my god like just one year ago it was a completely different story i feel like there i totally understand how you can't have like everything the same across the board i feel like right now it's very unclear what the actual rules are um 
Also, like with testing about if anything's going to change for that, um, since I work at the Office of Res Life, people have been asking me like, oh, what's testing since you need to get tested to be on campus? Like, what's testing going to look like after that? I'm like, that's a great question. Um, I also would like the answer to that. Online, um, I think it was pretty easy. I think it was pretty durable. Um, I'm pretty sure the professors went like really well and over the syllabus and everything. So I'm pretty sure all the students got caught on what they had to do and what they were expected of. Um, and the transition, probably going back to school, um, I don't think it's going to be horrible, um, especially since all of us got COVID checked and everything. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to feel safe, and like the professors made sure that everybody was safe and healthy. So I think it's going to be a pretty good semester. I am not a fan of Zoom classes, personally. I find it really hard to focus on Zoom, and so I found myself like doing things on the side while my classes were playing in the background, kind of, which is not the kind of student that I like to be. Like, I like to be present in my classes, and I like to learn, um, and I find my classes interesting. I just, when they're online and I have, like, five or six classes a day, that's just, like, too many hours to be staring at a screen. They had to do what they had to do, and I didn't mind doing it because I feel safer at this school. Um, health-wise, um, I think the COVID test was kind of hard to find, the at-home ones, but I think um, once they changed their the rules about doing that at home instead of the, the actual, like, going to the pharmacy and getting it done was a little easier for me. Currently, Ithaca College and Cornell are in their yellow statuses, showing a moderate risk for transmission and in-person event capacity may be restricted, but in-person classes are fine to start as scheduled with Ithaca College starting on January 31st and Cornell starting on February 7th. Cornell, IC, and Tompkins Cortland Community College are also all requiring students to get a booster shot by deadlines in the beginning of each of their semesters. Some Cornell students have spoken out about this, signing a petition against it due to it not taking account the immunity given to those already recovered from Omicron and the rare concern of a heart inflammation in young men. However, infection from COVID-19 has also shown risk for similar inflammation. A booster shot has been shown to significantly increase immunity to the dominant Omicron variant of COVID-19. Employees at Cornell who do not have a religious or medical exemption are required to get the COVID vaccine as well, but Ithaca College's employees do not need to be vaccinated. If an employee at IC is not vaccinated, they must complete surveillance testing. This has led to some concern among students. I feel like people point out like hypocrisy is about how now all students need to be boosted, but staff and faculty still don't need to have any form of vaccination. Um, and them citing, oh, well, like it hasn't been like in those forms and everything or in those types of gatherings when people, but like to me, I'm just very confused about like, why wouldn't you want your staff and faculty to be vaccinated? Marsha Dawson, the director of Res Life at Ithaca College, says she's happy so far with how move-in has gone. Not only do we feel prepared, but we're really excited to have our students back. We've been working continuously in collaboration with our campus partners, so really feeling like students have been complying and doing their due diligence. So we are excited to have them. We have made some slight changes to the first few weeks of the semester as like moving transitioned um, towards the end of January regarding um, interacting from different residence hall, being creative with programming, but always focusing on the, the, the enhancing the students experience altogether. So not taking away from that, but while still prioritizing safety. 
She says that IC will continue reevaluating as we move forward. In the next few weeks, um, early February, we're going to reassess to then see how else do we need to readjust to continue to prioritize safety while also enhancing that student experience I spoke about. So I feel like we're in a good place and students have been really compliant. And so far, um, we're off to a good semester. As the second week of Ithaca College's spring semester begins with in-person instruction, students, faculty, and staff at all of Ithaca's higher ed schools are hoping for a smooth semester and to keep case numbers low. For WICB News, I'm Emma Kirsting. And I'm Jay Bradley. The drive to learn can hit you at any point in life, and that's something that 35-year-old mom Lana Kennedy Broll knows all too well. An ex-Cornellian with a passion for TikTok dances, Broll recently made the decision to return to Cornell. Correspondent Michael Memmis decided to find out more about her journey. I was scrolling TikTok the other day when in my For You, I saw TikTok from someone who was talking about Cornell. So I watched the whole TikTok, and their story was something that I thought needed to be told. So... Here's my interview with Lena Kennedy Broll. Can you tell me a little bit about your journey from upbringing until now? I grew up on and off the Seneca Nation, Cattaraugus Territory um, in Western New York. And I went to Silver Creek High School and I skipped a year about my like 11th grade year. And I graduated a year early in 2003. And um, I got into Cornell originally, that time the hotel school. I guess to start, I did, I attended the high school program that they have in the summer um, after my sophomore year, I believe. And that was when I really like fell in love with Ithaca and Cornell. And there really wasn't anywhere else I wanted to go at that point. So that is what prompted me to kind of get out of high school more quickly because I was pretty sure I would be able to go to Cornell. And so I went into the hotel school at 17 in 2003 and um, I didn't really go to class <laughs> very much. I, I don't think, you know, at that point in my life, I was a teenager who just didn't have any direction really other than escaping home. I went to a lot of parties and I didn't go to most of my classes, but I had a full um, like financial aid and scholarship. So when it came towards the end of that semester and I realized I had really screwed up, I kind of panicked and I took a leave of absence, a health leave of absence right before the semester ended. And I didn't want to go back home to Western New York because it was like embarrassing. You know, I was so proud of myself or, you know, I was like one of the smart kids I would say in, in high school, kind of like just naturally not the smartest, but it was pretty intelligent. And it was a big deal that, you know, I skipped a grade and then got into Cornell. And so I didn't want to go back there. And my sister, who's two years older, was living in California at the time um, on the Central Coast. So I was I went there for six months or that was supposed to be my semester off. And um, I just I got a job for the first time in my life because I didn't come from money or I grew up pretty poor. And I just like it was fun. <laughs> And I just ignored everything, all the calls from Cornell, all the emails. I didn't log back into anything. I just ignored it all because I wasn't mature enough, I guess, or ready. And I was just dealing with a lot of like childhood trauma. So, but I didn't really know that's what it was. So I 
lived out there for six and a half years and I moved back to Western New York in like August of 2010, I think, um, back to the res. And I worked for the tribe for a while. And in 2012, I had my son, Max, you know, and I just did jumped around from different jobs there. And, uh, like I'd always wanted to come back to Cornell. It's always something that I've carried with me thinking that I dropped out, you know, like I thought, I thought I dropped out. I thought like, and I would never have reached out to hear the official you're, you're out, you know, I just assumed it. And it was too much for me to like face. I didn't want to, I was so sure that after everything, you know, like, no, they're not going to give me another chance. And, um, I didn't really know how college worked or anything. So, um, my mom who went to college, she had passed away when I was 11. So it's not like she was there to guide me. And my dad went to Thomas Indian school on the reservation. And, um, he didn't even make it through like fifth or sixth grade, I don't think. So I just, I just assumed, I just went off my assumptions and I was too afraid and young to find out, I guess, or too insecure. Um, and then in May of this past year, um, I met someone who works at a college in Allenstown, Pennsylvania. Um, but his like mom lived in Western New York where I live. And, uh, we were talking and he's like, Oh, where'd you go to school? And I, of course was like, well, it's a painful subject for me. You know, like I skipped a year in high school. I got in Cornell. I went, but I didn't really go and I never went back. So, you know, it's, it's a big regret. And he's like, you should go back. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like that I want to, like, I still carried my 2003 ID around in my wallet because it was a dream to go back somehow someday. Um, but you know, like being a single mom, it was, I didn't really see how it would happen, although it was always there. And, you know, I was just like, Oh yeah, like I'd love to, but like, I wouldn't know how. And then later on when we were talking, um, he brought it up again and he's like, he was like, no, about Cornell though. Like I, I don't just have a degree in art. I have a double major in business administration or something. And he goes, if you didn't drop out officially, like if you took a leave of absence and never went back, you could probably be readmitted. And um, I was like, what? I'm like, it's been like 17 years, <laughs> you know, and I didn't even go to class. He's like, no, there's, because I used to work at Parsons and I was a like a student advisor for a while. And he's like, there's like committees who will vote on that. If it's been a certain amount of time, he's like, it's really a possibility. So like that moment, that night in May of 2021 just changed my whole life. And, you know, like it blew, like it changed my whole world, I guess. And what I thought was possible. And so it's really exciting. And then like he followed up with me the next week and he's like, I really just wanted to say that you, you should like do a cold call to Cornell and just, you know, throw it out there, the concept and see if that's something they do. Cause each school has their own policies. He's like, I really think you should do that. And so I did, I called the hotel school. I think I just called the hotel school like admissions office 
And I kind of was like, I have this really weird situation. <laughs> and uh, like I, you know, kind of explained what I was told. And it was, I kind of had to go back and forth because the person I spoke to, she was really sweet and helpful. And I think there was some confusion where she also thought that that wasn't a possibility. Um, and she thought that I would have to be like reapply. And so I asked, like, I tried to explain again what, what I think might be a policy, if she could kind of ask up the chain. And she did. She's like, I mean, I don't think so, but I'll look into it. I'll ask. And when she got back to me, I think I ended up hearing from, eventually I ended up hearing from the director of student services, I think, in the hotel school. Um, she sent me an email and explained what the process was. Since I was on a health leave, I'd have to come back through that process. And then, then I would have to submit like an official academic request formal one and but she, you know like she was she basically said yeah that's an option and it was just wild it's all crazy still so it's just I went through probably starting in June is when all of that started and it was a lot of emails a lot of reading <laughs> and but at a certain point it was pretty promising but it still wasn't you know like official till October I believe once I was finally through the process and here I am. Here you are. And I did see also on TikTok, you mentioned something about you had a little bit of an issue getting your financial aid back because initially you mentioned you had a big scholarship or a full scholarship. So I guess what was that process like? What was that whole thing like getting back that financial aid you had a long time ago? Cornell has a really great aid package. Like they offer aid on their own beyond, you know, the normal federal finance, like all that kind of financial aid and stuff. They also have their own money, I guess, that they give based on need. So for financial aid, since I didn't meet the satisfactory academic progress in my last semester um, in 2003, then it gets denied automatically. So I got an email saying like it was denied and, and I started panicking. I'm like, wait, like I can't come back if I don't have some sort of of aid. I just gone through breast cancer in 2020. Um, so I hadn't been working during the pandemic because of that. I was really immunocompromised. I had surgery, you know, it's just really a lot. And I wasn't working at the time. I scheduled a meeting with someone in the financial aid office and they explained to me that that's just procedure and that there was a way that I could appeal that. So I had to fill out that form and submit just explain more, a lot of the same explanation about like why I, why things are different and you know, like what I would do differently. Sorry if you hear my cat in the background scratching. So I did that and then the appeal got approved. So I still haven't actually finalized my financial aid stuff, which is, it's, it gives me anxiety because <laughs> there's been a lot of technical issues on top of things. So it's like, I submitted this college board CSS profile thing in October and they're like, we don't, we can't do anything with this, with financial aid until we get it. However, they have me in their system. They have me as like alumni in a lot of places. And I think that's been something that a lot of people aren't aware of that. Like I'm not, even if 
something's submitted for me, it doesn't go to where it should go because I'm technically like a freshman now again still. So that's been like it put things on hold for a long time because they're like, we didn't get it. And I'm like, I submitted it in October. So then I call college board, just a lot of administrative things to like work out. But they were really like everyone that I've dealt with in the process has been so kind and supportive and they've been like cheerleaders and genuine, you know, and it's just been an incredible experience all the way through, I would say. But um, so since I'm, I was an independent student as far as financial aid goes um, when I was 17 because my parents didn't have money or my dad didn't. And uh, so I had full financial aid from the school plus the regular financial aid. And then I also had some scholarship money from an organization within the school. Um, I believe I was like a mine mining. I don't know how to say it. Scholar. So that's how, like I had a full, full ride at the time. So I've yet to see my financial aid package for now. Right now I have a $30,000 bursar bill, <laughs> but we'll see. It's, it should be, you know, hopefully kind of like back then. I hope. So you said you're living in a dorm now. I don't know how it is at Cornell. I know at Ithaca, we, you can't have, you know, pets. It's, you know, and you can't have, you know, it's, it's just student. So I, I guess, so you were allowed to go into one with your kid and with your pets and whatever. I don't know whatever else is part of your family unit. Um, so Cornell allowed you to do that on campus. Yeah. Again, there's like, they, you'd be surprised at like what they have procedures for. And so since I have a child, I count as like a professional student, even though I'm an undergraduate um, and they have graduate and professional student housing. So it's mostly graduate students who have, you know, kids or spouses or something. So it's just me, Max and our cat Tiki, who um, we got after I made it through the cancer experience because that was very traumatic for him too. And I like homeschooled him during the whole pandemic while I was going through chemo because there's too much of a risk for me to take to send him. So they don't allow pets. However, there are emotional support animals. And so I had to go through the process to get her approved as an emotional support animal. So it's like every step of the way, it's been like, it looks like, you know, it was so easy, but it wasn't. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of following up, a lot of reaching out trying to figure out what the issue was or asking like, how can I help? You know, I've submitted this, what can I do? And we're setting up Zooms where I'm like, I don't know how school works. <laughs> like, I just want to, like, if, like, I really don't. And I think I was afraid to say that when I was 17, which is a big part of why I left, like, or I didn't really do things because I didn't understand any of it. And I was too afraid to ask. So now I'm 35, a mom, a cancer survivor, and I just have so many life experiences that, you know, I'm, I'm like, I would say I'm fearlessly fearful. Like, I, you know, I'm, everything's terrifying, but we only have one life. And, you know, I wouldn't, this second chance or opportunity will not be lost on me. And I'm just so grateful to be here all of it. It's just wild. It's a crazy story. 
Now, obviously, you're a little bit older than when you first started college. And I guess for context, a lot of the people that you're probably taking class with, the 100-level classes, they weren't even born when you started college. So I guess how does that all feel? I know you've really – I think it's just been virtual classes for you so far. But at least especially when you get in person, you're going to be much older than probably almost all the students. Yeah. And it's it's funny because I didn't think of that. But I've been going back and forth to like Western, Western New York because it's just me moving and everything. So it's been like many trips. And I stayed with um, a really close family friend who's actually class of 74, I believe, from Cornell, um, the ag school. And she's like a, like a mentor, kind of like I've known her since I was a kid. Um, I believe she's 67. So I had stayed with her and she pointed out, she's like, yeah, so, um, so what's it like? You know, all the kids you're going to be in class with, they were like born when you were there last time. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I never thought of that. And I guess I don't, I don't feel as old as I am. And I think you'll probably experience that as you get older too. It's like, I don't know. It's, I don't, it's, it's wild. It's all wild and crazy. And I still feel like kind of like I'm back to being 17, you know, being back here, it's very overwhelming and it's, it's kind of a hard, I would say it's one of the things that I need to like work through or I'll need to work through is like being pulled back into feeling like I'm 17 again and afraid and then remembering that I'm 35 and I don't need to be afraid. (laughs) And like, I've been through tons of stuff and I'm here to learn. You know, I think that's kind of my thing is like reframing it as what it is, which is that I'm here to learn no matter what. And it's such an amazing opportunity. But it's crazy that it's going to be kids. Absolutely. And I just want to clarify, are you part-time or full-time? It sounds like you're full-time, but I just want to make sure. I'm full-time. How are you going to balance all that, Having being a full-time student plus having a kid? It's not obviously easy to do because there's already a lot on your plate just from school alone. Yeah, I think that is a, that is the question, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it's funny because when I got your message last night and it was very exciting and fun, I had said to someone, maybe they should wait till I actually make it through a semester. (laughs) I don't know. Should I do this? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, so far this semester, I scheduled my classes while my son is in school. So I don't know. So far it's been going okay because it's online, which is nice. But like I I look forward to the in-person experience. I look forward to utilizing all the resources, you know, that probably a lot of people a lot of freshmen really are too afraid to do, or they don't know is there, you know, like I think just, I plan on utilizing all the, the groups and the supports and, you know, there are more policies than you would think that are there to support students be like in being successful, no matter their situation. And I think that's something that like, you know, they say a lot with like Ezra Cornell is that was something when he created the university that was important to him, you know, like any person from any background, like at, I don't, don't quote me on that. I don't know. <laughs> I should, should look that up, huh? but you've probably heard it if you're in Ithaca. So, you know, I think they do have a lot more to support people and people in like a non-traditional student, I guess, is also kind of what I am. And I know there's a group for like non-traditional students or something or moms. There's 
people have told me there's like organizations and I have yet to reach out to them. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to figure it out, I guess. My final question is, what advice would you give people, first of all, in the situation you were in when you were 17, who was in a similar, if someone's in a similar situation to that? And I guess someone in a similar situation now who's a single mom trying to come back to college. So I would say to the the kids who are, um, you know, freshmen or undergraduate or, you know, from my first experience, that the world is not Cornell or college. You know, it's like it's such a big deal at the time. And I think we tend to put so much pressure on ourselves or society does. And I think that it's less about being perfect and more about learning. And, you know, I think, like, I don't know how to, to say that, but I would say, don't be afraid to ask questions or sound stupid or to say, I don't know how this works, or I don't know how, you know, like, when am I supposed to pick classes? How do I do it? You know what? I don't have enough money. How do I go get for a, like get a loan? Or you know, I think that there are resources, and I think just don't be afraid to ask and to communicate that you might need help or guidance because people are there for that. Even the people in the like administrative offices at the front desk. I've gotten so many advice. Like and so many helpful, like pieces of advice from people everywhere. I guess even like around town. If I just go through my little story, if they ask, "Oh, what are you doing here?" You know, it's everyone's been so kind and encouraging and supportive, and I'm happy to be in this situation. And I would say for anyone who is like in a situation like me, where they think I could never go back to school or I, you know, move. It's it's been a lot, but I think it's never too late, you know, to go after your dreams or I don't know to fulfill your potential. And maybe it's better, you know, to do it at this age for some people. And I think that's what I'm going to experience. I thank Lena for taking the time to talk to me. After the interview, she told me her son Max is a big reason she is here and that he keeps her going. She also wants to find people on the East Hill to teach her TikTok dances. I will be sure to be following up with her later this semester to see how her journey has progressed. For WICB News, I'm Michael Memes. That's all for this edition of Ithaca Now. You can listen to all of our stories on WICB.org, and if you'd like to listen to past shows, follow WICB on SoundCloud and subscribe to Ithaca Now to hear this show anywhere, anytime. Also, subscribe to the latest to hear our daily newscast every weekday. Just search WICB News Presents on your favorite podcast app. For more updates throughout the week, follow WICB News on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. This show wouldn't happen without the support and assistance from Manager of Television and Radio Operations, Jeremy Menard, WICB Station Manager, Connor Hibbard, and Programming Director, Lou Barron. Thank you. Ithaca Now is produced by News Director Himadri Seth, with assistance from News Managing Director Jordan Broking, News Production Director Beck Legato, and Social Media and Web Coordinators Emma Kirsting and Inbayini and Barrison. All of the music from our show's intro and outro comes from Dr. Dundiff of Louisville, Kentucky. Have any feedback, story ideas, just want to say hi? Feel free to reach out by emailing news at wicb.org. We will be back with a full episode of Ithaca Now at 7 p.m. next Sunday.